it, it occurs to me that one of the great tragedies of working in a thankless grind of a service or retail job mm-hmm. is that the three things that you most need to stay sane or the, or in fact should even be job requirements are forbidden to you. And that would be showing up drunk or stoned, uh, entertaining yourself with tasteless material mm-hmm. and three playing with the intercom yeah. at, a, at a grocery store. Well, it's never stopped me before though. And thank God it, it didn't because I, I think without, if you're not doing at least two of those three things, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to snap. I, yeah. I, and, I, um, I see people who cultivate an attitude of, um, strict, no nonsense where it's a, it's not even that they don't create nonsense, but they stamp it out whenever they see it. Yeah. And that that's hard. This is Breakup Gaming Society. Welcome, your host, Typhus the Traveler, with uh, Montclair the Magic Pig. Montclair and I both served together in one of these retail tra- mm-hmm. trenches briefly, and one of the t- times I just knew that Montclair had to be on the show was that uh, he would pick up the intercom late at night and you did a series of Orson Welles. <laughs> I did. I did my impression of Orson Welles, which is classic material. Everyone loves that. Uh, I don't know. I was walk, I was. I remember I was walking in the aisles and you were talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first couple you did when you were giving warnings that the store is closing, you were talking mm-hmm. about what what is the nature of 20 minutes? <laughs> well, what is? Because I'm always wondering that. I'm always wondering about... How time is used to control people, and how it's probably more relative than we give it credit for. Yes, yeah, and and Montclair and I. Um, well, anyway, for for that um, that momentary mm-hmm. beacon of absurdity which you erected got me through that night. I, uh, and I was like, who who in the store is going to know this? I'm like, he's imitating Orson Welles right now. Yeah, and no one else did. It was a beautiful thing. Uh, Breakup Gaming Society tonight, consisting of again two people. Typhus the Traveler, that's me, your host. My voice should not be unfamiliar to you at this point. And uh, Montclair, who mm-hmm. may also uh, uh, be known as Al Hill. That's right. Uh, a tremendous artist. And also, here's another thing I was glad when you told me you were an mm-hmm. artist. You know how relieved I was when I found out you were good? Yeah, it's you know, always a relief. You know, yeah. people are like, hey, check out my album. And you listen to it, and you're just... And you're, you're glad you don't have to see him for another two days because he's like, that should be enough time to think of one nice thing to say. Well, sometimes, yeah. I, th- I, I, I feel like I don't exactly have that perspective anymore, though. I, like, I kind of like developing artists, you know? Yeah. And, well, th- this is a long way of saying, mm-hmm. I went and looked at your your portfolio, which is Al... What's that What's that URL? It's alvhillportfolio.club, but I forgot to pay that, and... <laughs> So that's currently offline. I'm trying to get that URL back, but we'll see. So, and and I I, I looked at it before mm-hmm. it closed, and supremely talented uh, illus- illustrator, painter, and a- animator. Sometimes, although based on mm-hmm. what I've seen of of your work, I would first and foremost consider you an illustrator because well, your your comic your, your anyway your comic book work spoke to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it was it was tremendous. Obviously, a lot of uh, decades of impre- I can tell you've read your 
probably your R. Crumb underground stuff and your Crazy Cat well, and everything. Crazy Cat it. for sure. I love Crazy Cat, and yeah. that's that's honestly kind of part of why I moved down to this region in general. You know, it was because of something like Crazy Cat. Like there, there's like kind of a weird sense this desert has that like that guy really got down to. Yeah, and um, yeah, R. Crumb and uh, Craig Thompson and like lots of those guys and stuff. Like, I'm trying to even, th- I, it's been a while since I've even read like comics. To be well, honest, I just recovered uh, my high school collection. Oh yeah, from, from my old house, okay. all, all acquired between like '85 and '87. Uh, I, I I bought a furry comic. Okay, which one? <laughs> Omaha Cat oh, Panther. Omaha, <laughs> that's the best one. I didn't know. I, I was like, this looks cool. It I, is and, cool. And then I opened it up. I was like. Of course they're fucking. Well, they have relationship issues too. It's like, I think that's why I like that one is because it's not just they're not like ciphers. You know, it's not like they just use them. They have you know they have minds and they have sex that sort of thing. And I, you know, it was a complete. It was almost an innocent, horny sixteen year old me purchase because who would I wouldn't I couldn't admit to being a furry today. I do have one furry comic Mm -hmm. comic, but mostly you know Spider Man, X Men, GI Joe, Howard the Duck. Couple, not so that plastic man, flaming carrot. Anyway, um, so and, and this is a, a cool night because uh, we we got over here for some barbecue and beer, mm-hmm. and uh, I relocated to the Southern Command post here in Colorado. And after six months, um, Montclair mm-hmm. is, is bailing on bailing on it, and I. Mm-hmm. I'm I, turning. It's true. I'm turning into a kook. I. I, yeah. I Boy, tell me about it. Mm-hmm. Last night, I think I drank three out of four seven nights of the week, and I mm-hmm. would just pace the patio and watch the moon. Yeah. Which, to me, is a defensible use of time. But before Montclair goes back for the confines of Denver, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about board games, booze, and hip-hop. We are. And, and, and maybe you'll hear some Orson Welles or whatever other impressions that he feels compelled to share with I us. Do, I can do Orson Welles. I can do the brain from Pinky and the Brain, and that's it. That's a better uh, repertoire than most. Be back in a minute with Drink of the Week. Right on. Drink of the Week. Let's talk about the banquet beer. May you fight long and well. And may you, sir. When I was uh, polling you about your preferences and drinks you told me that you just like the banquet beer and yeah yeah it's been so long since i just cracked one yeah i went and iced some down and i i don't drink beer often but i will say that out of all the mass market the mechanized production of Mm -hmm. american crappy beer this is the king no it's the king of crappy beers it's it's from the best water it's from golden colorado uh, near my home uh, it's uh, it's really unambitious. It's just kind of nicer water, and that's what a beer should be. I don't know about IPAs or micro brews or um, home styles or freestyles or hops or any of that stuff. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm looking for a freestyle beer. I'm looking for a freestyle beer. Yeah. But do, do you have a Gnomeford's Rocksteady? You know, like I don't. What is that shit? I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's. It's become an annoyingly noisy niche, mm-hmm. uh, but 
and you know, I was just, it, it was hot as shit today. Yeah. We had, we had some good barbecue and I'm thinking, you know, back when I was low carbing, yeah. uh, my rule was when the, the, the fire starts, I can mm-hmm. get my, my first beer, which would usually be six or seven hours before plating. So I would just, it would just be me, mm-hmm. uh, pardon me, staggering drunk and yeah. not eating, serving a bunch of people. But um, I actually waited and tasted the barbecue, which came out good. Mm-hmm. Smoked some ribs over some cherry wood and uh, lump charcoal and chased it with the banquet beer. And it just has a je ne sais quoi that, that Bud and Miller yeah, do no. not have. Those horses are frauds. Yeah. Like the, 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 the Clydesdales, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are, are they uh, are they fronting? They're fronting. I don't uh, even think they're really horses. I feel like they're, they're mules or something. They're just on stilts. <laughs> Although, yeah. depending on when you grew up, Mm-hmm. Um, the the power of jingles, jingles. Yeah, I I was jingles were starting to go out. I think as I was because ads just are terrible now, and yeah. I, I might be related to the decline of the jingle. It might be because I can still without even I'll be like in the shower and just bum 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 bum. Here comes the king. Here comes the big number one. Bum yeah, bum. Yeah, yeah. And the Clydesdales the slow mo in the snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you say bud, you've said it all. When you say bud, you've said it all. No, and I think I think by the the, the point I began observing the Clydesdales, they'd evolved into kind of like um, a supreme patriotism. You know, it's like they're. They're the, they're delivering the beer is the only thing that's stopping like a, like an orphan child from dying, and so they have to run you know across these covered bridges in New England, and they have to kind of like I think I'll run over Saddam Hussein's shoes or something yeah. you know yeah that that, like, that was strange with that one campaign they had mm-hmm. where they were just like uh just like the machines in the the very first Terminator they were galloping over a field of ashes and Taliban yeah. skulls yeah. I'm yeah. like too okay I get it little heavy. Mm-hmm. It was a little heavy, and it was like, I know they wanted me to save scrap metal, but I, you know, I, could, you could have gone with a little subtler delivery. Sure. So, but you know, while the Clydesdales' fortunes mm-hmm. and uh, veracity may yeah. wane and rise, banquet beer still works. Dog, good suggestion. Yeah. Back in a minute with game of the week. Game of the week. So for game of the week, Montclair and I, I being Typhus the Traveler, your durable host, uh, we played a game called The Grizzled. It came out several years ago, and it's a cooperative game. That is, Montclair was not my opponent. And um, in a cooperative game, we sort of have to work together to survive the game. Mm -hmm. Um, The game in question was, in my opinion, a poignant little classic that's been on my shelf for years, and I've only had the pleasure of breaking out tonight for the first time in a long time. It's called The Grizzled. Um, the setting is World War I. Uh, the characters are a group of bedraggled Frenchmen in a trench together. You call them grizzled almost. Almost. Yeah. Uh, it was either that or Le Haggard. Mm. Haggard. Haggard the Horrible. And, <laughs> and the idea is... Ah, yeah, that one was for you. Yeah. So, and the idea is it, the, the thing that's neat about the game is that it, the mechanics are based on the real measured psychological, emotional cost of war on mm-hmm. people, and not mm-hmm. on the mechanics of where do I hide, where do I shoot, mm-hmm. how many attacks do I get. Uh, your, your job is to uh, we get these 
basically hands full mm-hmm. of cards that represent all sorts of terrible things, like having to go over the top, a rainy night, an artillery assault, um, various members of the team cracking up with phobias and stresses. And you've got to sort of work together mm-hmm. to rid your hands of those cards so you can all, all go home. And That's by the right. way, the game is set up so either you either all make it home together or you all die together. However, tonight... We did it. We made it home. Mes amis, it's, it's back. And then I think the, the group, um, the character I played was Lazar Botticelli. I mm-hmm. Apparently is, there were some people of Italian lineage serving on the French side. And, no kidding. And you had uh, Ensemble Perrin. Ensemble Perrin, yes. And, um, and Lazar and Ensemble, we both agreed, are, mm-hmm. it's the, we, we stayed alive till the armistice. We did. And we're going, we ho- going home to eat several bags of croissants by mm-hmm. the Seine, fall into a stupor. I'll wake up in the Louvre. Yeah. Exactly. All and that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, was, it was funny. The la- I broke this out with Show Show a few weeks ago, and we must have done something wrong mm-hmm. because I, I, I think I told you we played five, six times, and we never got near. Basically, uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, if you can picture the, the table, you've got a card with a dove on it, which means if you've revealed it and your hands are empty, that means you've gone home. Mm-hmm. And then there's another card with a, a monument with all your names on it, meaning you didn't go home, except there's a, oh, here's the word of the day. There's a cenotaph. I guess the question is, what did Germany do wrong? They didn't design any cool card games, apparently. <laughs> No. Yeah, you know, but 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 this was actually it was it was frustrating because we seemed to be within a card of winning mm-hmm. for s- several turns. And, That's true, and we just could not get it together. It was tantalizingly in in, in reach, and we just grasped it, and we all came home. Um, if 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 you're a non-confrontational kind of person who likes a mm-hmm. a game with a beautiful theme and beautiful art, and this. Evocative. I highly recommend anybody have the grizzled on their shelves. Uh, yeah. what, what was what was that like for you there, Montclair? Well, I enjoyed that a lot. It was it was like it was light without being too uh, without being too light. You know, like you could get into it very well. The concept was clear, um, and I feel like there's a lot of room for kind of imaginative build up on top of it. You know, it's it's just the base of this game, the base of these characters. But within your own mind, you could create for yourself the hell of World War One and really experience yeah. that with all your friends. <laughs> and, and, and who wouldn't want to, honestly? Who wouldn't? It's one of the most historical wars of all time. <laughs> of history. Yeah, of all history. And so there we go. Uh, Typhus and Montclair successful at the cooperative card game The Grizzled. Back in a moment where we're going to talk about Track of the Week. Get this barbershop quartet bullshit out of here. What the hell yeah, is supposed to be a damn Geritol boy band you got going on bullshit. here? That's that is. Kind of stupid. Fucking Next. Garbage. Relax and take a seat. Oh, sit God. back and play the beats and blast it in your Jeep. Oops. It's the track of the week. I'm ratchet in the streets. Talk trash to the geeks. Get smacked in the beat. It's the track of the week. So I was asking my odd and engaging guest tonight if he would like to helm track of the week. Mm-hmm. And he said, he just said Dolomite. I said Dolomite. And it immediately popped in uh, uh, 
Rudy Ray Moore versus uh, Dolomite versus Big Daddy Kane, which mm-hmm. was a novelty track on his third album, Taste of Chocolate. And um, there are a few songs on there that are fantastic. And then a bunch that, in my opinion, are throwaways. This is one of the brilliant throwaways. Mm-hmm. And But when you said, I want a track with you know Dolomite on it, I'm like, I've got one that has one of my favorite rappers with your Dolomite. And it's... Yeah. it's uh, I, I'm sure I got the name right. I think it's just Dolomite versus Big Daddy Kane. And it's, you can tell, uh, yeah, Big Daddy Kane versus Dolomite. And you can tell that there, he's on there because Big Daddy Kane's you know, smooth pimping persona is in part based on stuff like that Rudy yeah. Ray Moore did. And he's acknowledging that here by having some fun with him in a roasting battle. Yeah. And, um, I, uh, and, and they start off uh, uh, boasting. And I have to admit, the part I hadn't heard about in a while was when they're talking about their sexual prowess and Dolomite does this. So I put out my dick. It was so shiny, it looked like it was painted. The whole took one look and damn near fainted. I stuck it in the bitch and the bitch began to shout. Said, oh, Mr. Dolomite, take that motherfucker out. <laughs> no, it's like poetry <laughs> yeah. for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and plus, I like it. It's just nasty. You know who also, I think, probably really loved Dolomite mm-hmm. was Two Live Crew. Oh, probably. Uh, their first few records had were full of Dolomite scratches and samples. But um, It's funny you should say he's nasty, though, because I was reading up on him, and it's like he was in church with his mother, like, every week, you know. And it, 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 it's funny to me, it's like... Like he's obviously playing it up because it's like such a such a uh, braggadocious kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like what I love about his work is that he just inhabits this desire. Like he he becomes this personification of desire to the point where he's just the coolest motherfucker anyone's ever met or seen or something, you know. And it's like a lot of his spoken word in this, which is. You know, I've heard his comedy records. It's in a lot of his films. But by the way, have you seen Human Tornado? Not Human Tornado. Oh no. my God, it's one of those hysterical things I've ever seen. But yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Well, anyway, go ahead. But it's there's just sort of an old old power to it. It's just he's using his voice. He has the club. He has sort of a, a musicality and a tenor to it. But he's commanding the room. He's always commanding the room. And yet, it's never like a. Like, you're always in on it, you know? It's like he's bringing you into it. He's not punching down. No. It's it's like he's kind of bringing you into the manifestation of his desire. It's like you were cooler by exposure to him. And and also you can tell uh, the obvious obvious good spirit in which this quote-unquote battle is undertaken. Absolutely. But I love it when Big Daddy Kane finishes this and he just comes in. What he said, you know, good, insecure. (laughs) Like cursing him out, and in the end, being gracious, of course, to his yeah. elders, Big Daddy Kane says, Ah, oh, fuck it, I give up. Yeah, uh, you know, like he did on this verse. Yes, I'm the player of all players and the Mac of all Macs. Give a headache to Excedrin and knock the shit out of X Lax. Why you insecure, no business barn, junkyard, rat suit eating motherfucker? It was in the early 1960s when I originated my pimping game. I was calling whores, jive-ass bitches, and pimps. Sucker-ass lame. So that was it. Uh, Having some barbecue, drinking some banquet beer. Mm -hmm. It was like a banquet of our own. One could say. One could. And and I I can only say there's, 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 this is, 
a little bit poignant for me, man, because yeah. this has been really fun. And now you're, you're leaving. You're leaving. Even, yeah. Uh, my leave, sphere. I'm leaving the metropolis. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so best of luck to you in Denver. Thank you, my Nate. friend. Um, thanks for uh, playing some hip hop. Hey, for fighting in the trenches with me and for yeah, being a, a good all around cat once again. Yeah. Um, Tonight he calls himself Montclair the Magic Pig. But if you ever get the chance to see any of the work done by Al Vigil, that's V-I-G-I-L, please do. He's the real deal. May you fight long and well. May you fight long and well too, Nate. Oh, fuck it. I give up.